Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. Today's episode of The Real Deal is brought to you by GuidedHypnotic.com. That's GuidedHypnotic.com for your free anxiety-busting guided hypnotic meditation. And today's guest is a dear friend, coach, and mentor, an extraordinary man we're going to dive deep in, is Paul Fink the maverick millionaire. He's one of the most foremost authorities in business and personal development today. In his over three decades of sales, marketing, and entrepreneurial experience, Paul has moved over $20 million in real estate transactions, sold over $30 million in informational products, and ran over 250 live events. He has coached entrepreneurs and small business owners from around the world to build their businesses and create an abundant future for all of them. He, is, he has created success in a multitude of industries, including medical, dental, speaking, coaching, training, and publishing, real estate investing, financial world, informational marketing, distribution, network marketing, affiliate marketing, and joint ventures. He has excelled in the building a lifestyle centered on his long-standing relationship with his wife and his six, that's right, six children, three sets of twins. When you desire a real difference in your personal or financial world, crave a strategic game plan, looking to build a great team and maximize your results dramatically over the next 12 months, Paul Fink is the maverick for you. Thank you, Paul, for spending your most valuable asset, your time with us here. And um, hey, I really hey. appreciate you. I know, we, you know we've known each other now for, uh, for a bit and... It's, uh, you know, you are a phenomenal human. You're an extraordinary coach, an amazing speaker and trainer, and uh, we are blessed to have you on here um, and ultimately help transform the world as we are on the mission to help create as many positive, successful people as possible. So, here, here. How Doug, are you during a, these uh, interesting times? Uh, a pleasure to be here and uh, interesting times doesn't even begin to describe it. Um, yeah, this is, this is a, you know, just um, some people would call it crazy, uh, definitely unique at the very least. Um, and the lessons that I've learned, one of the key components when, whenever you're in like the crazy times, whenever you're in something that is totally throwing you for a loop or something new in your world, the best thing to do is to really get clear with the basics, get clear with the lessons that you've learned over the years that you've been able to lean on that have brought you through to success in the past and go back and take a look at those Be because we've all been thrown for a loop uh, with there's been thing after thing after thing after thing that has really like thrown us uh, as a society, as a nation, as individuals across the country. With that, we need to really get clear with, all right, what will bring us to success? 
what will bring us in success personally and professionally, what will actually move us to get back to or move forward to, better yet, a, a place that we're happy, content, satisfied, uh, um, living life again. And what are those components? And what have you found for you when you looked back at what worked? Because sometimes I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think sometimes people get locked into like some of the strategies, the processes that may have yeah. worked at a time that, you know, so we look back and say, oh, well, I did this. And are you looking at what you did or are you looking at something else while you're going through this process and that, like analyzing your past successes to bring, to, to call upon them again? You know, and, and great, great comment because you want to look at process versus um, uh, specific actions. And there's a difference. Uh, a process is a, a methodology that you move through to get to re a result. The specific actions may adjust, may change. Uh, how, you, how you make a cake is going to be different if you're camping than if you're in your kitchen. Right, and if you're so in a different altitude, if you have mountains right. versus down in the, yeah. There you go. Uh, you know, the circumstances change, and so you've got to adjust. However, the methodology of step-by-step, step, well, first I need to gather my ingredients. Then I need to put them together in a certain order, in a certain way. Then I need to find a heating source to be able to cook them at a certain way, at a certain level. You know, all those pieces are the process, are the methodology, if you will. But the specifics will adjust, will change. And I think that's what you're talking about is so many times we, we lean on, oh, well, this is exactly what I did. Right. I went to Facebook and posted this ad. Well, now I'm going to go and post this ad again. Well, man, the ad won't work. You know, well, and also as we dig deeper for you and I specifically and coaches and speakers out there, we're like, oh, well, we'll just book more speaking engagements. Maybe we'll pivot and we'll go to, you know, this group and see if we could speak to them and bring a different message. And like, well, no, you can't do any of that. So great, right. which gets you to the, the process versus a specific strategy. It's like, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to use Zoom. We're going to have to you know, oh. build a group or build an app or build whatever to find new ways to do the initial process, which is engage. Right. So, so some of the methodology, for instance, that, and that brings up a really good point. Some of the methodology that I've leaned on over the past that has worked, that I've brought to the future is, for instance, you bring up, oh, well, we use Zoom. Well, how did you know to use Zoom? How did you know that that's the thing that you would be your go-to? Uh, for me, it was I already was using it, uh, so I knew it, and then saw that pretty much almost everybody else was starting to use it. So I was like, all right, well, this is a uh, platform that is – uh, people know how to use with within reason, um, and it's not uncommon for someone to go. All right, let's do a Zoom meeting. Whereas sometimes, if I said let's do a a, uh, a go to meeting, they you know or, um, one of those other platforms they may not be as familiar with. Right, right. So one of the methodologies that I know that I've used in the past is I reach out to the people that I know are in the know. Mm -hmm. I reach out to my community to say, okay, what are you doing? 
and then I collect data and then I analyze based on where I'm getting that information from and I put values on the the quality of the information, where mm-hmm. it's coming from, the source, and then I move forward on taking action based on, well, here's what, you know, 10 out of 12 of the top people that I respect, I, I know that they know their business, 10 out of 12 people are saying, you Zoom, okay, I'll use Zoom. Right. So that's a methodology versus, oh, well, I, I always went to uh, whatever the <laughs> the platform was in the past, though I always went to, uh, you know, and, and and something else, and I oh go to webinar. I always want to go to webinar to do my webinars in the past, so I I'll just do that. That's you know the difference between the specific action versus the methodology to get to the point. Right, and also and so, one of the things that I just want to acknowledge about you is your um, your inc- incredible maintenance of like high level mindset. Like you don't let things get you down. Doesn't matter what's going on. You're looking for the the positive spin on it. And I think that is vital, right? And what's interesting, and I I say this with love and respect to all of our positive thinkers out there, um, is is that people who have successful relationships, like personal interpersonal relationships, are delusional about their spouse or their loved one in that they don't see, they don't focus on the negatives, they don't focus on the problems. So they delude themselves from all of that into looking at the positives, looking at all of that. And um, now more than ever, I'm, I'm hallucinating that you're also leaning on that at times because oh of things happening. And it's not just your spouse. No, of course, of course. I just use that as an example. Right. But it's people look at that example and go, oh, yeah, well, I do that with my spouse because I love my spouse. But, you know, my friends, my coworkers, my business, my industry, my my society, my culture, my community, my country. No, 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 no. And they look for all the negatives and one of the things that I teach, and, and you and I are on the same page on this, is what you look for, you find. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. And, and, so, and I'll run down some really core trainings that I lean on on a regular basis. What you put out there, you get back. What you look for, you find. And that, uh, and that when you – that creating – your universe starts from internal versus external and that none of the external world has any impact on how I visualize my future. This is really key. It doesn't mean it doesn't have impact on my future. It doesn't affect my vision of the future and real clear distinction. And so what does all that equate to? So what I put out there, I get back. So when I want positive, when I want a great future, and most people say they want a great future, and then they bitch and complain about their day every day. Right. They, they, they complain about what's coming up in their day. They, they, you know, it's Monday morning. Oh, my gosh, this is it. It's the, it's the, end of the, it's the beginning of the end of my week. What? <laughs> you know, and so you, you – I wake up with excitement and happiness and joy that I've got another day. And, and people don't get that. And here's where it really comes in. I remember in a close friend of mine who was 
uh, a naysayer from the word go, who I, highly intellectual, great person, knew her stuff, and I debated with her all the time, and she she was always like, yeah, but what if, what about this? Oh, what if this? Are you thinking about this? You know, and always bringing in the the counter to my positive optimism. And over the years, she had been with me during the upturn of the real estate. I got into real estate 18 years ago. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, 18 years ago, I got into real estate investing. And so I was investing in, it was during the heyday. It was 2002, three, four, five, and man, things were exploding. Man, you couldn't help but turn everything to gold. Whatever touched, it was just moving like crazy, right? So I got in, got in heavy. I was taking a lot of action, built up a portfolio of millions of dollars, and of course, had a smile on my face. Everything was great. And this friend watched us during this time. Then 2008 hit. The downturn, the last time that we were in this type of recession, depression, challenge mode, and it started around 2007 and went on to about 2000. 13, if you will. Uh, however, the beginning of that, I remember she was over one day and she looked at me and was like, you really believe this crap, don't you? <laughs> like, like, you're still positive. You're still happy. You're still talking about a great future. And I know what's going on with you. I know you're having challenges paying your bills. I know you're doing the credit card fandango. I know properties are going into foreclosure, which all were true. And she's like, and you still have a smile on your face. Like, holy crap. And it was the really realization for me that, yeah, what you put out there, you get back. Why would I change at the moment when I needed that lesson the most? Why, why would I do anything different? And what happened was because I was that positive, I created a momentum of change that meant I didn't have a downturn in our finances. Specific mountains of money shifted, but I continued to grow because of my mental attitude, because I didn't just put the covers over my head and go hide for several years like other people had done. And I kept moving forward. And it, what a difference. That one piece of that positiveness, I, I equate to so much of my success over the years. That, that having that ability to look on the silver lining and to say yes, and that I have the control to make the change. That I'm in control. The government, the, the, the economy, the Russians, they're not in control of my future. They didn't dictate my my destiny. I do. Hundred percent. I mean the 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 whole you know seek and ye shall find is so true, and and we we're actually creating that you know that it's it's utilizing confirmation bias for good. It's using the you know the, all of these you know to whom much is given, much is required. So we're given the choice to focus on, to experience whatever it is that we choose to, notwithstanding whatever challenges are going on, because it's our relationship oh with what's going on. Yes. And that's so powerful. And, and I know that's what you teach. It's, you know, it's what I teach. And it's what ultimately what everyone in personal development teaches on one level before they start getting into their strategies and all of that, we have to start with that mindset. 
that, that ability, like, look, I'm going to teach you stuff, right? But if you don't know, if you don't believe that what I teach you is going to work, it won't. Right. <laughs> and it's yeah. simple, not easy. And it goes, and it, the next level of that is that I teach, you receive and apply, and you've got to believe that what I teach when applied will work. Right. And you've got to understand that you work that not just physically and that it takes a work ethic to create only that everything that you want follows your actions and you're in control of whether you get everything you want. You're in control. Most people believe, and this is man with, with what's been going on with the COVID virus and the downturn in our economy, What's been going on with the riots and the downturn in our economy because of all that? Um, why the riots are going on is the same philosophy, is that people do not believe that they've got control. They believe everybody else in the universe is in control of how they feel, their value, who they show up as as a person, all of this is someone else's control. It has nothing to do with me. My value has nothing to do with anybody here. <laughs> anybody in the universe, you want to disdain me, you want to hate me, you want to despise everything that I stand for, I value me. And that is where it starts and ends. Agreed. And I think that's where, you know, not to go too much down a rabbit hole just yet, but the, that's where divinity, where I, I believe faith uh, in, in a higher power, in something bigger, that there's something more going on that that I think sometimes gets lost in that, it, that the, if we were to, and, and this isn't to spiritually hijack the conversation around that's pain great. people have, it's just an acknowledgement that it seems like some of that is missing. Yes. Um, and, and that's where we're losing the, the grasp on our ability to have that ownership of how unique and special every human being is. Yeah, no, no question. And, and I grew up with, with uh, I, man, multicultural. I grew up in New York City, grew up multi-religious as well. Uh, my, my father's Jewish. My mother's Protestant. I was raised Lutheran and my kids are Catholic. So like... <laughs> Like, and what's funny is that I know the Bible better than most people who have one religion that's been in their life for their whole life. Um, and I understand the nuances between all the different religions and come to my own understanding that uh, there's, there is something greater and we're all uh, connected to that one thing. Yeah. It's there, there is no splintering of in, in my world of, power uh, in the universal cosmic sense uh and uh, no matter how many people want to to splinter it off say you know no no, it's our our power our god or whatever you want to call it yeah there's one yeah and, and that one is so complex and so encompassing our brains cannot actually comprehend it we just need to appreciate and accept its existence yeah, right. And, and the key for me and what's really worked for me is, is the purpose of, of self. 
is that I wake up with a purpose every day that goes far beyond me, far beyond paying my bills, far beyond taking care of my family, which is a large family, far beyond all that. My purpose in life is, is set, it's designed, and it wakes me up in the morning that is greater. And, and all too many people lose track of the fact that there's something greater than them. That that they're that they get stuck in it's it I'm in survival mode, and so I couldn't possibly think of something greater while I'm in this mode, which is actually the opposite. Think of something greater, and you'll be out of survival mode in pretty much a second. Yeah. Well, and I and I believe right there where you touch on, I think it starts with gratitude to be grateful for where you are right now, what you've experienced, your ability to make that shift, to make that change. Um, and again, like you said, it starts with, you, you got to start here before you go out there. You know, if you can't, you can't mind your own world, it, it, where you kind of lose the, the real perspective to make decisions about what should be happening on out there if you can't even manage your own world. <laughs> and you know, yes, it's, it's a little bit of a, an interesting microcosm because while we're watching all this pain, while we're watching all this craziness with the, 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 diverse, the, the division that's happening in mindset, at the end of the day, it really back, boils back down to individual perspective and responsibility and what are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on the light, focus on the love, focus on the, your ability to make a difference? And then when you boil it down to day to day, it's the same conversation as to why someone doesn't pick up the phone and hammer it, make a bunch of calls or get out there and, you know, do your investigation or prospect or do it's all the same thing. It's just in different degrees, different levels, different um, positions. And it's uh, that's, you know, what you and I have dedicated our lives to is helping people get out there and, and add value on and in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to bring back, you know, it was uh, my history. I've been an entrepreneur for 35 years. So when I talk about leaning on some of my background on how I got through the last downturn or how I got yeah. built up from scratch, I've been doing this for a long time. So I have a lot of history to lean on, if you will. 35 years as an entrepreneur. And building businesses up from scratch over and over and over again. Uh, one, of the, one of the most interesting things is when people come into my training and they come to coach with me and they talk about, oh, you know, oh, I'm, I, I've taken this big leap and, you know, I, I haven't seen the results yet. I went, all right, so you took one big leap. Great. You know, realize that it's leap after leap after leap after leap Momentum. after leap after leap after leap. And so most people that get into, whether it's entrepreneurship or really getting into designing their life on purpose with intent, really creating their life and deciding that they're the masters of their destiny. When they go and do that, they think, oh, I, I, I designed it. I, I made the change, the change. And it's not a change. It is a continuous process over the rest of your life. 
I had one person that came to me, actually, it's a question in multiple different versions, but one was really directive. And they said that I had given them all a group of trainings that I said, here's what'll work. Here's what you do. And they said, well, how long do I do that? I said, how long do you want to be successful? <laughs> like, like there, was, there wasn't a time. I ate frame. a salad. Oh. I should be healthy. Right, exactly. I went to the gym today. Uh, how long do I have to do this to keep a healthy body? I was like, every day? Like, what? And so that's, um, that's a great lesson to learn. And so 35 years, taking that leap of faith over and over again and built things up from scratch. And every time you think you've made it, there's another mountain to climb. There's another level to go. Over the years, my perspective has changed. What I thought was success 30 years ago is now low, 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 below my baseline. What used to be my baseline, what used to be my high is now my low. What used to be, you know, my ultimate is now my norm. And so your perspective changes. And it's kind of like climbing a mountain. And so you climb the mountain and you get to a, a, a peak and you're like, yeah. And you look down and you're like, oh my gosh, pat yourself on the back, say, yeah, look at what I've done. And then you look up, go shit. <laughs> and you realize that there's a whole, like you haven't even gotten past the base of the mountain yet. There's a whole new group of summits to tackle, to keep moving. That's life. And so I keep moving and keep moving the line, keep moving my vision as to where I can go, what I can be doing, and, and how great life can be. And so over the 35 years, there's these, these jumps, these shifts, these, these getting to a plateau, congratulating myself, then going, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still at the bottom. What the hell is going on here? And the, what's happened this year has been another one of those components I thought I had made it. I was at a height and man, shit happens to everybody. And we've all been hit. And so I was a speaker. I was out there. I was uh, book solid. We were talking right before this. I book solid nine months out easy. And then it all came to a screeching halt. You know, I don't care who you are when you, you know, 90% of how you make money disappears out of your world you've got to start looking and examining what's going on. Took me now simultaneously to all that stuff hits you. Um, um, simultaneously to COVID hitting and taking away a group of my business. Um, my wife was also diagnosed with cancer. The same week that we had locked down, my wife was diagnosed with cancer, uh, rushed into open heart surgery. Uh, she's going through chemo currently. God bless. Everything's looking good. Uh, and you really never know with cancer. Right. And so we take every day, one day at a time. I really felt like I was punched in the stomach twice. Uh, minimum. Uh, just uh, it, both losses on personal and business life. Uh, simultaneously in the same week. It took me a couple weeks to really get out from under the covers. I understand when people go, uh, I, I can't like pick my head up. I'm, I'm done. 
And I understand that. And I was feeling that. And then I remembered. I, I've been in spots of toughness before. I've been in difficult scenarios before. And I leaned back and I said, what did I do then? What did I, how did I go from there to there during that time? And went back to the basics. Started talking to more people. That really key. You want to get out of your out of your own way, pick up the phone, start talking to people, engage with other people's lives. One of the best ways to get out from under your own little world and depression, if you will, whatever that looks like for you. So I started reaching out and talking to more people saying, hey, what are you doing? What's going on for your business? What's going on in your life? And, and focusing on others rather than myself. And then I started, I went back to basics, said, what do I want? Pulled out my goals that I originally had for 2020 and said, what are my goals? Why am I changing them? Well, too many people had goals. Well, at least some of us had goals written down, but we changed them. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's a recession. We've got to change our goals. I'm not going to be able to reach the same targets I was before. And we shift and we change. We minimize. We do a downturn. Rather than keep the goal, just adjust the process, just the, the, the way we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. If I'm jumping in a plane and flying to L.A., I've got, from New York, I've got a game, I've got a flight plan. A weather storm coming in from, from out of nowhere doesn't cause me to decide I'm not landing in L.A., at least not the first brush. What, it, what you look at is, all right, how do I adjust my flight plan? So I still land in L.A., just take a different course. And that's what so many people went, oh, yeah, and they just threw in the towel rather than analyzing how could they still reach their goals just in a different way. Love it. And I think the other thing that you are have shared, because like the, the plane analogy, the plane is off course most of the time, actually. It's always adjusting, always. right? And then some are smaller or larger adjustments, right? right? But the other thing that is really interesting, and I think part of it is the conditioning that we've had, plus the marketing we experience, is that it should happen overnight. Like, Right. Like, like I, I do the one thing and I should have all of this stuff happen. And I think that conditioning has also created this like malaise of pain because we're expecting instant, like, you know, instant gratification. Yeah. Or instant solution or instant whatever. And it doesn't, it doesn't, life doesn't work that way. You can tear right. it down in an instant, but it's, more challenging to build it back up. It's easier to cut down a tree than to grow one. And yes. there's unfortunately, because of the way technology moves, there are certain things that do happen instantly. So then we go, well, why doesn't it happen instantly everywhere else? Right. And, you know, you've, you know, well, like, and thank you for your, your honesty and vulnerability of sharing that you allowed a, a, a couple of weeks of just going, okay, I got to... I, I need oh. that space to go, okay, what the, I got to, I need to recover my mindset from what I just got, you know, thrown at me because you did, you experienced more than most. Everyone got the COVID like right. thing. Everyone <laughs> had got locked down. Not everybody had their beloved deal with heart surgery, cancer, and all of that uncertainty 
at the same time in the same week. And, and that is something that, you know, needs to be, you know, obviously recognized, appreciated, and, and thank you for your vulnerability in sharing it. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was um, the same exact week of lockdown when everything like went to extreme. That same week is the same week my we were as a family. I've got six children. I don't know whether I've mentioned that. I've got three sets of twins, six children, and which is a whole nother story in and of itself and really building them and the magnitude of what I've learned. I've learned because of the necessity of building a life for my family. Yeah. And so my, the six children and myself are bedside saying goodbye to my wife right before she gets wheeled to surgery. I mean, this wasn't like, Oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, see you in a couple hours. This right. was, we may never see you again. Wow. Um, so, uh, <laughs> With that, that happened in the same time that everything was going on with COVID, like literally this almost the same day. Um, we got kicked out of the hospital the day, out like hours after her surgery. Uh, it, was, it was that time frame. Wow. So, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of exaggerating. It was, it was the same like day that she's in open heart. I uh, got everything taken care of. She had a mass in her pulmonary artery that got taken out. Um, this was pretty uh, serious, four or five-hour surgery. And we say goodbye. And, and so all this was going on. It took me a couple of weeks to really, like, process all the emotions that had gone through in saying goodbye to my wife. And then, you know, that, and, and God bless, she survived. And went through it, and, and everything is looking good. Um, and then realizing, oh, well, I wasn't looking. That had this major downturn in the business that I'd better focus on, or you know, or or, or you know, and saying, all right, let, let's pay close attention. But I took that time to process, and so important. People think uh, that when you have a smile on your face all the time, that oh, well, either you didn't pay attention. Or, oh, nothing bad ever happens to you. And neither is the case. What I found is that highly successful people process why they are successful is they process faster. That the, that the difference between feedback and action or feedback decision and action is a much faster process for people that are highly successful versus people that aren't. People that aren't, they get feedback from the world, they then process it, and may or may not ever take action afterwards. Highly successful people get the feedback, process it, and take action instantly. And then when that doesn't work, that's new feedback, and then they take new action. They take action again. Yeah. It was interesting, years ago, Years ago, now a couple of years ago, it was uh, I had experienced the downturn in 2008. Was in the real estate market a major downturn? I was doing in 2018. I was doing a training, and I was a guest speaker, and I had a sponsorship, and I had a booth, and I was just hanging out, networking. And this guy comes up to me at one of the breaks, 
And I'll never forget this because it's kind of profound because he was like unloading on me. You know, he just came up and just started venting. Now I'm there, I'm a coach, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm the guy that you unload to if nobody else. But, so he just came and like started unloading. Oh man, I, I was in real estate back in 2008 and, you know, I had the major, I lost everything. And so just looking to get back now. Just looking to get back now is 10 years later. <laughs> Wait, he continues. I lost everything. Probably, I lost over $10 million. And because of that downturn and that loss, man, I lost connection with my wife. We're divorced now. I lost connection with my kids. I don't speak to them anymore. And, and I lost everything. And now just like building my way back up 10 years later. As he's talking, what's fascinating to me is always when you're having a conversation, you can have chit-chat in your head. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean. Yep. And so I had this chit-chat in my head going on, listening to myself saying, huh, 10 years ago, I had a major downturn. Wait, let me, yeah, I lost over, I lost over $10 million. Wait, that means I should have had a disconnection with my wife. That means I should have lost contact and connection with all my kids. That means I should be just building up now. What made the difference between that gentleman that basically had blacked out for the last 10 years, had lost everything he had and never was able to hold on or rebuild at all over 10 years. And what I did was hold on tight, have a wonderful, beautiful relationship with all my children, have a, a now my wife and I started dating 34 years ago and wonderful, passionate relationship with my wife. How did that happen with the same outside circumstances that this guy tagged as so crucial in his life that it blacked out 10 years and destroyed everything? That's key. Had everything to do with the, the strength of character, had everything to do with the belief system, had everything to do with the understanding that I was in control, that it wasn't the economy. It wasn't those outside forces that I could make a change. And it was up to me to do it. So the meaning you gave it when that happened was not the world is over, was just I got to reevaluate, got to pivot, got to figure out a new way to accomplish what I've been accomplishing, whereas some just go, oh, throw in the towel. Right. Just, uh, this ain't going to work anymore. And over those 10 years, I built up a coaching business, started my publishing house. We've now, I have published a been part of 11 bestsellers now. I've spoken, I started a speaker support business that I've ended up running over 250 boot camps worldwide. I've spoken in eight different countries, three different continents. All this happened and built up a great community of Mavericks where we are building and changing and developing the world on our terms. All that happened while this guy disappeared. All that happened during that same time frame where I should have, according to him, been devastated, been destroyed, and not been able to pick myself up. Decision. I decided that that wasn't the case. I decided that wasn't happening to me. 
You talked about that immediateness, that, that instant gratification. I remember I've been on big stages. I was spoke with Anthony Robbins at the Wealth Expo and Pitbull and all those great guys. And this was a couple of years ago. And it was about 10 years into my speaking career. And I got to tell you the accolades that, oh, everyone's like applauded me. Oh, man, that's great. That's amazing. And all I'm doing is laughing inside of my head like, yeah, overnight success, 10 years in the making. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, this is an obvious outcome to the consistent, persistent behavior that I've exhibited over the last 10, 15, wait, 35 years, this is the obvious outcome to that consistent, persistent behavior. And so most people, they take an action, they're looking for the immediate result without realizing there's a process and stay the course. That's where success lies. That's 100%. where the outcome comes in. And so everything I have in my life is because of the game plan that I set in motion. You know, this particular game plan I set in motion somewhere between 15 and 10 years ago. And I say that only because it adjusted and shifted slightly to as I was growing and growing into that and learning more and more about how to control and how to really design my life on purpose. But 10 or 15 years ago, I designed the life I have now. I didn't decide yesterday, literally yesterday, oh, I'm going to have this life and have it show up today. I designed it 15 years ago. And look at the great life I have now. And then people go, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. Well, no, it was consistent, persistent work every day. People go every day, every day. Saturdays, Sundays, every day. Holidays, your birthday, every day. Yeah, my, my kids, you'll like this, Doug. My kids are uh, working with me over the summer. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, with COVID, a lot of, uh, they're all in college now, and so a lot of internships uh, really disappeared, if you will. And so I've got three of my six children working within the company this summer. And so my son the other day said, oh, well, it's your birthday coming up, you know, our so, so I'm, you know, we get the day off, right? Like, what? Like, no, you get no. cake during it. Right, exactly. We'll, we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll have a nice day and at night we'll celebrate, only we've got stuff to do. Consistent, persistent behavior every day. I'm not taking off on my birthday. No. And, and that's something that people are like, what do you mean? This is, you should be taking off. This is your holiday. I love my life and my life, which encompasses every second of every day is more important than any one day. Well, and the, I think what you do so well, like your events are fun and you know, like obviously there's deep training and all of that, but we have fun. It's like a spoonful of sugar, right? We find ways. One of the things that I teach is, <clears throat> creating a space to do the work that there's going to be some things that maybe not as fun as some other things, but create right. an environment such that you enjoy even more some of the stuff that you may not be like right. enjoying the most. Right. Cause some people just go, well, I don't want to do it. Cause you know, this says the secret says, follow your bliss. Like, well, yeah, well, why don't you, you know, <laughs> bring that back a little bit and bring bliss into what you're doing? Yeah, 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 exactly. 
it's um yeah my grandfather you know so many of these lessons i learned long ago and then finally figured out what they meant and applied my grandfather I remember when i was young and he said you know i said well i'm not interested in that whatever that was and he said interest comes from knowledge the more you find out about something the more interesting it becomes mm -hmm. and so decide you're interested in it and you automatically will be as you learn more about it and so with all of this as you go through the process you'll learn to to really appreciate the intentionality that you started with 100 and so you want to be happy decide you're going to be happy doing whatever you're doing i talk about how for instance, we've all had those days where whatever the chore is, man, it was drudgery. It sucked, right? But we've also had those days where we've done, you know, major, major, like heavy lifting, physically painful. We collapse at the end of the day exhausted, and yet we had a great day doing the yard work or building something or cleaning the house or just doing spring cleaning. And we had, like, we felt great with a song, you know, the, the music's playing, and we're mm -hmm. just bopping around, and we're getting tons done, and yet it's painful. We're sweating, we're working, we're putting in effort. What's the difference between the day that it was drudgery and the same activity, maybe even more so, becomes joyful? And it's all what we decided. Mm -hmm. How we, our intentionality in facing that event. Just have that intentionality with everything. With everything. The, the room full of people are going to love you, not hate you. The, the, the network event, you're going to, you want to be there. The, the paperwork, man, it's going to move you to a whole new stratosphere of finances, of income, of, of, of success, of connectivity, whatever it is. You know, so connect the dots and say, this is great. This is why I want to do it. I teach a distinction. There is nothing you need to do. You want to do everything. Yep. I mean, well, no, 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 no. I don't want to go to work. I said, so you don't want the paycheck? No, no, no. I want the paycheck. So you want to go to work? They're like, oh, well, yeah. I said, when you say I want to, the emotional energy that it gives to that process makes it so much easier to do. So why wouldn't you just grab hold of that and say, I want? whatever it is. Yeah. The power of language that, that shifts the is creates your relationship. You know, I, I want to versus I need to, I get to versus I have to like all of that yeah. is so powerful and noticing the labels we're actually giving the emotions we're experiencing. Uh oh, right. Yeah. So like someone could say I'm full of rage or I'm irritated very different like experience and sometimes people habitually get into language and again we're noticing this now even more with you know the the yeah. division the division occurs through the language we use in the experience that we're having yeah i'm i'm in constant debate with people about defining the words that they're using and do they know the definition? Do they know what it means? And why are they using those particular words? Um, there's also something that's going on, which is fascinating to me, is cause and effect. You know, when I do 
effort, when I put in effort, I connect the dots and I say, okay, I'm putting forth this effort, which is then going to create an outcome for me. And the outcome doesn't have to be today. The mm -hmm. outcome can be, and I connect the dots to my future, my vision, my dream, where my life's going to be five, 10 years from now. Everything that I've done up to this point to create the life I now have was because I connected the dots and said, okay, what I'm doing today will pay off 10 years from now. Right. Will give me the life I now have 10 years from, from the moment I do the action that cause and effect. Mm -hmm. I believe in what you put out there, you get back. So when you put out positive, you get back positive. And most people, when you talk about this, they go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you smile, people smile back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they give it lip service. What if, what, what if everything that you said absolutely came true? Everything that you said came back to you tenfold. Everything that you thought came back to you tenfold. So would you act or think different? So if you hit someone, you'll get 10 punches to the face back. Would you be prone to ever even tap someone? Right. <laughs> if you said a negative word about somebody and you knew that it was going to give tenfold negative back to you where there would be 10 people talking negative about you. Would you ever talk negative about somebody else? Just consider that in my core, I know there's a relation between cause and effect. I taught my children this cause and effect. You don't want to do the dishes. Well, that's great. So imagine if nobody did the dishes. Because what you put out there, you get back. And no one did the dishes. What would your house look like in a short period of time? You just figure you'll switch houses every, what, week, two weeks, month? Because the dishes would pile up. The dirt would pile up. There would be bugs that would be attracted to it. And your whole house would be taken over by roaches in a no matter, no time flat. And you'd be living in this day and night. And it would just get worse and worse and worse. Is this the future you want? Well, then do the damn dishes. <laughs> and it's, it's that cause and effect process. Imagine, if you will, everything that's been going on in our world. Imagine the riots. You steal from somebody, they steal from you 10 times. Would you continue to steal? With the, with the, 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 negative across the board on all aspects. Would you ever think negatively about another human being? Whatever the reason you might justify, would you ever think negative about another human being when you knew that there would be 10 or more times that coming back? And so that cause and effect people forget and they, and they don't. And I, and what I tell you is that it's, it doesn't always happen immediate. The cause and effect isn't obvious. You say something now, oh yeah, 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 what's that, what's that hurting? Watch. Over the years, 
Yeah. I, I teach my children, I teach my students, I, and I live it every day. What you put out there, imagine you get it back tenfold. What would you put out there? What would you say? What would you do? Would you think negative about somebody else? Would you act negatively? Would, would you have a temper tantrum knowing that there would be 10 people around you that would have temper tantrums as well? I, I would, like on every aspect. So what would you put out there? You want greatness in the world, put greatness out there. You want smile, positivity, optimism out there coming back to you tenfold. That's what you exhibit every day. That's where the core of the optimist comes in, is what do we want to see in the world? That's what we exhibit. I smile, a smile comes back. Well, and, and not only that, all aspects. we're experiencing it real time anyway. So even if I put negativity out there, the only one, who, you know, the, the old adage, you know, like getting mad at someone and expecting them to change is like, you know, taking poison yourself and expecting them to die. And, right. you know, we're seeing that so much. And again, yeah. it's just under the pressure cooker of it all. I think, you know, not to go down like conspiracy theories, it's just a perfect storm of you lock people up for three months they're full of tension, full of all of this, and upset, confused, not knowing what's going on. And the natural proclivity is to find something to blame for this pain because it doesn't make sense. It's right. hard to, you know, process all of this. And even Heidi and I, for a little, like, after about three months, I don't know, something happened. It was like, hey, something with the kids, so, something happened. I was like, ah, and I never do that. I'm very rarely in my life. <laughs> And she's like, you're losing it. And I'm like, I know. I just like, this is getting, it's just getting a lot. Um, so we have our moments. And the question becomes, like you shared earlier, how quickly do we change? How much time do we want to spend in that moment? Because we know, and that's like a fundamental of what, what I teach is that, you know, that state management, emotional mastery, first and foremost, because if you don't have that, everything else means nothing because you're, it's your relationship with it. One, one of the most profound trainings, and I, I look at my wife and I have been together, like I said, started dating about 34 years ago now. Can't believe it. And over the years, like I thought I was, I was aware. I thought I was knowledge. I started off as a psychology major in college, was trained to be a clinical psychologist. I studied social psychology. I like, I thought I had it down, you know, and then went into business, had semi-success. You know, when I say that at the time, I thought it was, oh, I had success. Only in retrospect, I realized I was playing very small. In those early years, I remember our relationship and my wife and I would fight. And there were times when, man, she's Italian Sicilian, you know, and we, we go at it. We're very passionate people. And man, we could burn down buildings. Like we were passionate with our fights. And it's a double-edged sword. We were passionate with our love too. So, but we could fight like for hours, for days where we wouldn't speak to one another, where we would be ha hold on to this angst. And that I realized over the years, and as I, we got trained and we trained together about 15 years ago and really understanding the magnitude of how to control our state, how to really decide what we want and act within that space. And 
then the time frame we'd fight and instead of days or weeks it was hours and then instead of hours it was minutes and then instead of minutes it was seconds and we can shift now in matter of seconds and go oh, yeah i love you honey you're the most important thing in my life what are we doing what are we saying what, what what's really going on here I, i'm i'm so sorry and what is it that we need to do here and those components that ability to shift like that that is everything mm -hmm. that is where when we learn to understand in the moment that we're in the moment and the pull ourselves out and go okay wait what's really going on here what just triggered me to cause me to attack or to run instead of to engage and communicate and collaborate what will cause that fight or flight instinct going to trigger and understanding that and how to stop that is so much of what has created the success and so now we know we get into a fight in seconds it doesn't mean the fights don't happen and that's what so many people like that are going through this they think oh when you're highly successful you don't have the chit chat anymore you don't have the negative thoughts anymore. You don't ever like lose control ever. It never, no. What you, I find is the ability to shift changes so that instead of hours, days, weeks, or months, or in some cases, people go decades without changing, uh, highly successful people can change in seconds. And so it looks like it never happens only it still happens. I talk to and I've, I've trained people from just getting started to people that are hundreds of millions of dollars in, in success. And it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, the chit chat's there. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to process it effectively. You know, when I get chit chat in my head, the process isn't, oh my gosh, it's saying these things, how devastating and to, to hurt me. I say, oh, well, that's interesting. What does it mean? A, I've heard it before. I know what it means and it doesn't mean anything. Okay. I ignore it. Just like if I see information from a source that I know isn't credible, I ignore it. Well, that assertion to be able to then process that and know that instantly moving to move forward is so key with how we can operate. Yeah, and, and you, you point on a great thing. Ignoring it is different than going, F you, and then like getting into a, a battle in your head or with somebody else or with whatever. You go, oh, okay, I see where you're coming from. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Got it. And, you know, and, you know, even with yourself, if you want to do some parts work is go, okay, well, what are you protecting me from? What is it that you think is going to happen? Got it. That was appropriate then, not appropriate now. Or appropriate thought new strategy. We're going to find something else to get the ultimate outcome. You want us both to be happy, right? Okay, let's do that. Let's be right. happy. And so much of this is counterintuitive the way most people think. It's part of what I teach in my methodology. I'm known as a maverick and everything's uh, coming out life very differently than the majority. And it creates that, uh, that understanding that it, the control comes from within that to be happy doesn't mean to find happiness in external. It means to decide you're happy and then you'll see happiness everywhere. 
it's it's the counterintuitive approach that starts from internal and then shows up external, not the other way around. And it's everything that I, the core of what I, what I share with people that it's, can create success in all avenues of your world, all avenues of your life. Well, and, and that's the thing you shared earlier that you've been doing it for 35 years. Yes. You better make it look a little easier than someone who just started because you've think? been doing the work. And yeah. <laughs> that's where the, the modeling, where mentorship, why it's so important you know, when you see somebody getting the results that you want, look to them and go, okay, and like you shared earlier, all right, you know, getting, things are a little wacky. Let me find some of the people who are getting the results that I want. You know, the top 12, 10 people, they're doing this. All right, I'm going to follow what they're doing. And that's not following the herd. That's actually following other successful maverick like-minded people, not, you know, the rest of the people who are like, oh, I'm just going to give up. It's like, okay, where are the people getting the results hanging? Where's that ecosystem? Yeah, you, you got to watch where you're getting your information from. You really have to discern who is, who's good, who's not good, who's quality, who's not quality. And, and really that uh, there's so – we're in the – we went well past the information age. And in the information age, it was like, great, let me grab hold of information, bring them to the doorstep. The reality is, is that you need to limit information in this day and age be really selective about the information that you bring to the table and hand pick it as to its source. And how do you do that? Uh, general rule of thumb, look at where all the masses are going and then just do the opposite. You're pretty well safe. I talk about 95-5 rule. 95-5 rule means that 95% of people we see out there in the world they're real easy to find. They're, they're the ones that are the hordes, the masses, they're all running in one direction. The results, majority of the, the country is depressed. Majority of the country is unhappy. Majority of the country is pissed off. Majority of the country is running from paycheck to paycheck. Um, so whatever they're doing, Based on what I teach, what you put out there, you get back, whatever they're doing is creating their life. It's an obvious equation. Mm -hmm. So you look at 95% of people and what they're doing, and that's creating the life that they have, and you don't want, at least I wouldn't recommend, wanting and desiring the life that they have. It's not worth what they're, the effort they're putting in to get that kind of life. Well, then what would you do? You've got to do what the 5% are doing that create the happiness, the success, the joy, the contribution, the, 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 the spirituality, all the things that you say you're looking for. There's a handful of people, a small minority that really get it. Well, then you copy the masses. Yeah, don't do that. So where are the masses going? They're going on social media. They're going to the news. They're going to, to the radio. And they're, stop. Stop listening to all the people that are out there because they don't have the life that you want. So why would you listen to them? They haven't figured it out for themselves. Really key. And so I, I really get clear with listening and paying attention to only the people that that have the life that I really want. And I, I handpick them and say, okay, what are you doing? 
because that will feed me to get me to where I want to go versus listening to the people that don't have the life I want, but they sound really good and they're really loud and they're, they're really profound in what they're doing. And yeah, but it, it, it's not the life I want. So why would I do what they do? Just paying attention to where you get information, where you discern. I, uh, I mean, that's what this is about. Why I have guys yes. like you on is to go, look, here are people who have achieved a level of success that we should aspire to. And, you know, because here's what I found as well. Successful people want and need other successful people in their world. It, it's not, there is no like, you know, oh, I'm going to take it, especially in this world, I'm going to take advantage of you. I'm going to do that. No, we need you to be successful <laughs> so that we can do more business together, so that we right. can experience more, so we can grow together. And right. I found that the truly successful people, are successful holistically, I don't just mean financially, but in all areas, want to share their right. formula. They're, it's right. part of their nature. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you understand better as you grow. Right. And, and because your perspective changes. And, and I say that in, in light of understanding that as you climb up this, this metaphorical mountain, if you will, as you climb your view of the world shifts and you're able to see great more and more. You're able to see further in the horizon. You're able to actually perceive things in a larger scale. Most people, for instance, in the United States, they were born, they lived, and they died within 45 minutes of their house. Hmm. Their perspective may not be really on a global scale, although they'll talk on a global scale. But unless you've traveled, unless you've actually moved past 45 minutes of your house, how can you possibly talk about what's going on in other countries? How can you possibly appreciate what you have in yours? How, how can you be grateful for what you have when you don't even see what is the have-nots? And so to really get that perspective. And so with, uh, with our journey... The more, we, the more we expand our horizons, the more we're going to be able to see. The more we go out there and we experience, the more we're going to be able to take action on and, and then create that success. And so reach out to those people, reach out to all those components to, for that collaborative sense, because in isolation, we can't do anything. Uh, and that's so important, what you just shared. I think that expansion, I think people have an illusion of expansion because of the technology available oh to us. Yeah. And like you shared, what you put out, you get back. And uh, Facebook algorithms and all that are not like, let's take censorship conversation out of the equation. It right. is looking at what you engage in and then is going, oh, you want more of that. So if you're in there reading stuff that pisses you off and you're engaging in it and going, F this, F that, this is so effed up, Facebook just goes, oh, you want more of that? And then just keeps feeding you more because they want you on. That's how they make money. They monetize engagement. They get more data from you. They get all of that. So right. be mindful of where you're putting that energy, even on something as simple as that. Like, yeah. It, because this is just a microcosm of the macrocosm of our experience because it's 
It's the RAS. It's the electronic Hold RAS. Hold on. You're, you're saying that we're supposed to be paying attention to what we're doing? I that it creates consequences? It's just, that's you know, unique. It's a tough, I'm, you know. I'm telling you, that's profound. Well, and you know, so it, when the COVID thing happened and like we were talking about, Heidi and I, the first thing we did when we said like, okay, they started shutting stuff down. We're like, okay, um, there are going to be a lot of people in pain. There's going to be an uptick in mental health challenges and suicides yeah. in addiction in all this. And no one's like, no one would talk about it. And it was just all that. And like, also really. cause and effect. Let's look down. Like, you know, everyone's got all these models about what's going to happen with the disease, but what's going to happen. What is, what's the fallout and what are we, how are we preparing the fallout? And it's just, it's, it's, the magnitude of death that is going to happen that as not part of the equation is, is profound yeah. because of the financial downturns, because of suicide, death, depression. I mean, uh, depression and, and, and from, from not just, you know, uh, being locked up in the disease and everything that is, that gets created because you're not going to get help. They're not going to pay paying attention to all those little things that happen in our world that we're so used to getting some immediate uh, medication for or immediate treatment for, and now it hasn't been for the last three to four months. And that will continue, and so people are going to get sicker on other things because they haven't been treating themselves effectively. Yeah. They haven't been taking care of themselves on a nutrition basis. They haven't been – so there's a whole lot of things that are, that are happening on that level. Then on a financial level and depression and suicide that are going to come from that. Where people that have been locked up together that can't stand one another or that were already in abusive, bad relationships yep. that have now been forced to be with one another for an extended period of time. Uh, there's been a whole lot of challenges. That, that the idea that we were saving the, the death toll by locking everybody down and by eliminating our economy uh, just that just such a bad uh, analysis that was ineffective that didn't take everything into account. And I, I believe like thinkers like you and I, critical thinkers, if at least that was brought up and said, okay, yes, we, we understand that we've taken that into account. And here are the other provisions we are making to be like, okay, at least you're considering it. We may disagree, but the fact that it wasn't even like thought about was disturbing to say the least. And when yeah. I, I actually had a friend of mine uh, on the other day, Tom Martin, who's a PR guy, and he's big in the news. And I, I asked him, I said, Tom, why is, why, when this whole thing happened, why didn't, wasn't there more coverage? Because I was reaching out to news agencies. I was saying, hey, look, I've worked in the addiction field. I've worked the other. Let's start raising awareness. Let's give some tools, some strategies. And no right. one was interested. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, he's like, I said, Tom, is, is, is it maybe because not to be cliche, but the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And that doesn't really have enough bleeding to fit the, the experience that everyone is having. You know, it's not until this is all cleared up that then they'll have a new batch of stories to talk about in, in more catastrophized way, as opposed to right now where it's a concern. I, um, uh, not to go down too much a uh, conspiracy theory or anything else, only I've learned over the decades, and, and I've been a critical thinker and an entrepreneur, maverick my whole career. I've never worked for anybody a day in my life. 
give you some idea. Mm-hmm. I've always been running outside the parameter of the norm of the world, if you will. And as such, I've, I've watched, watch where the dollar is coming from, where the dollar is going. Watch what the, it, who it serves, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the message, the process, the, the public verbiage that is disseminating, who does it serve and, and, and how does it serve them and follow the bouncing ball, meaning follow the dollar and where it's being paid and you'll get your answers. I was in the medical field for 10 years. It's very clear that diagnosis of diseases followed the introduction of new drugs. New, new medicine, yeah. The research is absolute. Uh, how is that? All of a sudden, everybody's got, you know, uh, you know, ADHD and, and, and then everyone's got autism and everyone's got, all these things came up after they came up with product that created made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars were created by people being diagnosed with these diagnoses. Yep. And well, I just follow it, the bouncing ball and, and it's not, you know, you can tell how bad, how right or wrong. I don't, I, I'm not looking to, to place blame. Oh no, it's just not aware. It is what it is. Yeah. And so when you hear messages, well, why is it that they focused on one message and not the other? It's, it's the bouncing ball. Watch where the dollars were funded. Watch who it served to talk one language versus another. It's very simple. It's, it's not. Well, a hundred percent. And, and to that point, when the whole thing about the hospitals and the, the, um, uh, the, the, the death certificates, like the deaths of COVID and the intubation and all of that, the ventilators, doctors sign the Hippocratic Oath. Most doctors are, you know, amazing humans who give the oh, nurses, uh, all of them, incredible people giving their times and all of that. They are not hospitals. Hospital uh-huh. administrators are not doctors. They're financiers. They are people who are looking to maximize and optimize profits, period. Right. They're less concerned with the Hippocratic Oath. And, you know, when we worked in a treatment center, one of the things we did, we never kicked anyone out. We, we had thousands of days a year of where we just gave away because we wanted to make sure they went to a healthy place. Yes. Hospitals don't do that. Hospitals, you know, and again, it's not, I'm, I'm not demonizing. It's just an acknowledgement that a hospital administrator's role is not necessarily the well-being of its patients. It's the well-being of the finances of the hospital so that their, their model is so that they could help more people. I get it. Like that same as politics. Well, good meaning people go into politics because they want to make a difference and they get stuck in there and go, I never got, I, I, I never want to leave because I can stop making a difference. So then I start doing things to stay in power that are going to keep them in power as opposed to help other people. It's a natural right. progression. Yeah. And, and, and so as <clears throat> you know, the tra- the training from my point of view and, and when I'm coaching people is to be aware uh, most people come on board with me and they, they coach with me to increase their awareness yeah. because when you're aware, you then can actually design a plan of action. When, when you're not aware, you'll get blown up. You know, you go into a minefield, you don't mm-hmm. know where the mines are, you're going to die. You know where the mines are. You can, if you had the map of where all the mines were, 
you could run through it without a challenge. Well, that's yeah, like going into a room, the power, know where the exits are. <laughs> right. That's the power of awareness. Yeah. And so when you know, oh, well, this message is coming at me because it serves their intent. Great. I don't, I don't fight the message. I just understand and create awareness that that's why I'm getting that message from that particular person or from that particular and source. And it may not be appropriate for us to take action with it. That doesn't mean right. it's bad. It's like, okay, I just understand what I'm going down. Right. And so, so you know, it, it's fascinating, this cause and effect and understanding where people are coming from, understanding that things are connected, this awareness uh, most people believe on on a arm's length point of view. However, when they bring it into their world, oh, actions create consequences. Oh, I take action to get a consequence. Like they know it for themselves. However, they don't believe that other people take action to get certain consequences. And they also don't believe that every action that they take will create a consequence. It always will. Yeah. Well, and every state has consequences, every belief has consequences, every thought has consequences. And I, my, so much of my training, and I've used my six kids as guinea pigs, comes from parenting. God bless. And, and my kids are like, thanks, dad. But the parenting, you know, when I teach my kids cause and effect, I, I teach them that, you know, I, I remember this was fascinating. When one of my daughters was going through, she was 12, 13, she was just beginning to like decide she wanted to date. So she'd say, oh, I, I, I'm going to date. And she'd date this guy. And then she'd date that guy. And then she'd date this guy. And then she'd date that. I went, well, what's going on? Now, mind you, the dating was, you know, sometimes three hours during lunch hour. They, they had been dating for the three <laughs> hours. Yeah. Right? And then they broke up. So this was like, but it was all happening like within two weeks, like she had dated like, like five different guys. And, and I was kind of scratching my head like, what is this? This was mayhem. And I, and I finally asked her and it seemed like she wanted to, to date somebody. And so she was just going rapid fire. And I said, well, you know, if you saw someone dating someone would you think that they're you know if you saw them you know intimate out in public would you assume that they're doing more in private it's like yeah probably i went all right so if you saw someone then being intimate in any way shape or form even if it's just holding hands and you knew that they were doing something more privately than they were in public and they did that with multiple different partners in a short period of time, what would you call that? She went, well, that would be, uh, they'd be a slot. <laughs> I went, all right. So you've been holding hands or doing, you know, and dating and publicly, publicly telling people that you're dating all these different guys over a short period of time. What do you think other people are thinking? Could they possibly think that you are a slut? Horror came on our face. Yeah. Oh, people take actions and they don't look at the consequences of their actions. As soon as I just connected the dots, 
And it took like five minutes, just like we just did here. And I connected the dots and I went, well, could they be perceiving you in this way? I said, is that what you want? No! Instantly changed her behavior. Yep. Because she connected what she was doing with the consequences that she would get. And the consequences in this case were she's in going into high school or in high school and junior high. And did she want the reputation of being a slut? No. Then change your behavior. It's very simple. Well, and, and you and, touch on perfectly to the, you know, the coaching model, right? If I tell you something, it means nothing. When you tell you something, it means everything. So you gave her the gift of connecting the dots. You led it through questions, right? And then gave her the opportunity to have her own aha moment without you dictating it because that would then create the 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 resistance that oh daddy doesn't want me to do that so i'm gonna do it i'll show him without thinking about consequences i coach the same way i parent or i parent the same way i coach yes it's through uh the the um um socrates uh methodology of questioning of Mm -hmm. guiding you rather than telling you Um, i'm a firm believer this is your life whether you pay me to coach you or not uh I'm going to respect you that this is your life. You get to decide what that looks like. I don't tell you what your goals are. You tell me. I then tell you, well, here's the methodology to get there. Once I tell you the methodology to get there, it's still up to you to decide, all right, do I want to use this methodology and do I want to take those actions? Well, great. You want to? Here's then what to do to make sure that you're accountable to those actions that you decided you want to take. It's not me. I've got my great life. I, I, I'm not dependent on you creating your great life. I can guide you and tell you, here's the path. So as you go back to, to your career and those moments, um, do you, did you have coaches at that time? And how did they support you in making those shifts along the way? Because obviously... I'm going to hallucinate you're into coach. You enjoy coaching because you were coached that you had that experience and you said, wow, this was really helpful. I want to help others in a similar fashion. Yeah. I'm the product of the product. Yeah. No, no question. I've spent, uh, well over $300,000 on my, uh, education. And I don't mean formal education. I mean, books, tapes, coaches, mentors, bringing them into my world and, continue to build that that process continue to bring in new coaches into my world um so yes uh my early years and i probably went through about 15 18 years of my career where i didn't lean on a lot of coaches or when i did have people that were great mentors in my life i didn't use them effectively and so i either shunned them ignored them thought i was i was the lone ranger i got this and, you know, and made sure that I, you know, I was the know-it-all. I, I had all the answers. Uh, I could never ask the questions because that would show that I was, that I was weak. Uh, all that chit-chat was in my head that kept me limited for, for almost two decades and really clear. Then I went through some processes. Then I went and got some coaching inadvertently. And I say inadvertently, uh, I actually ended up bringing on information and coaching into my world 
to help my wife. More precisely, it's because I wanted her by my side and she said she liked it. Not that she wanted, she just thought it would be fun. And so she said, hey, we should do this. I went, all right, great. I did it for her and then it helped me. Go figure. Yeah, yeah I was. I didn't need it. There's no way I needed it. I was great. I had this all together. I didn't need all that stuff, right? Then we, we jumped in together. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, and really had some profound moments, some breakdowns, some real internal sh major shifts that helped me release, helped me let go of my know-it-all mentality, let me let go of the that chit chat of not asking for help and really stretching and then went deep dive and and grabbed hold of coaching and have coaches to this day everything everything i have right now is because of my mentor and mentors um, that created the magnitude of results and uh, one of them was on your show just recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marshall Silver, uh, give a shout out to him. Man, uh, I went through and I, I, and God bless him. He kind of pulled me under his wing, uh, both my wife and I, and really helped us uh, move and, and eliminate some of the, the, the junk that was in our lives uh, and, and in our lives, in our heads. Yeah. that were holding us back to expand and everything I have now is because of that work that I did with him and, and um, then what followed from there. Uh, re and, really interesting is though that uh, not all trainings, not all lessons do you get and do apply and use when you get them. Mm -hmm. It's been now, uh, man, when we started, it was uh, 2004. Five, when uh, we first met Marshall. So we're going back a few years. I got to tell you, there are times when I go, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> that all of a sudden it hits me now. Another peak. And, right, right. The awareness increased to the magnitude where I was able to grab hold of training that I got 10, 15 years ago and bring it to the forefront and go, oh, now I know how to apply it. Now I know where I can use it. Now I understand what he was saying. And so, so often it's interesting when people train with me and they, they, they are looking for the media gratification. And I tell them there are things that are shifting you right now that you will realize in a year from now, that you will realize in five years from now. Right now, you're going through the process, and there are things that are moving now, and you're getting the results from that movement. Everything that we're training on will, will serve you for eternity, and watch where it shows up. Amen, brother. It's, uh, that's the thing is, is the faith in yourself, faith in your connection to your higher power, and the faith in the process. Here, here. Be able to know when you jump out of that plane, you've done the work, the parachute will work. And yes. if it doesn't, you got a backup parachute. And sure. truly, the odds of something happening so slim that 99% of the time, what you're afraid is going to happen never happens, but you have it happen in your mind, which then could create the ultimate outcome, the self-fulfilling prophecy, yes. if we're not careful. 
beautiful. Man, there's so much that we've covered, and, and we yeah. could probably go on for, for another several hours uh, for you and well, I. If someone wanted to spend more time, we put the link. There'll be the link in the, uh, okay. in the comments. There's a link in the comments in, on the podcast and on YouTube. But if someone wanted to reach out to you just to get to know you, connect, learn more, what are some ways? And Probably the, the, one of the best ways, and I talk a lot about really getting control of your, of your world. And one way is that people miss is the power of time. And the power of which time is the most valuable resource you have in your world and the only one that is not replaceable. So get control of how you're using your time. So I've got a great program that we put together. It's a five-day training where they can go and get your mavericktime.com. And the link there is right below. GetYourMaverickTime.com. And it's a five-day training on really how to get control of your world, your life, your calendar, your seconds. And that's so valuable. In that, when you go to GetYourMaverickTime.com, you'll also have an opportunity to, to spend some time with me directly. And I've offered up, especially during these challenging times, um, offered up some free consults with me where you can actually schedule one-on-one -on -one time, get to the consult with me, talk about what's going on in your, in your life and how we can make some really profound shifts immediately to create some magnitude in your world right now. And so that link is also in there where they can schedule that time. So I offer that up, especially in this day and age, uh, so valuable. Beautiful. Well, I can say, obviously, being a uh, participant, being a maverick, being at your events and part of the whole process, uh, obviously, I believe and support it and you and, you know, obviously, my my love and admiration for you and your family and Deb and all that is, you know, knows no bounds. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing your messages, your time and, and the work that you do. And I'm privileged to be part of the mission. Um, here. and, uh, I look forward to even more rock in the future, you know, sh sharing the, Only the beginning, buddy. Only right. the beginning. Yeah. Totally, totally on board. So with that being said, I love you for who you are and who you aren't, uh, click on the link, get to the, um, opportunity to manage your time, get a one-on-one -on -one or with Paul and, and sure. really start moving forward. And if you are looking to take this to another level, keep on sharing these podcasts, support everyone on board here because we're here to support you. So with that being said, I love you and we will see you shortly. Thanks, right. Doug. Later, love brother. you. Love take you care now. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.